0: This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, we're living in strange times, aren't we? There's disequilibrium, there's new phrases and statements like social distancing. It's a new normal right? We go to the grocery store and the shelves that are normally packed from front to to back are now in a lot of the aisles anyway, empty from front to back. We go to Costco, that big warehouse of product and food. And oh my goodness, where, where the toilet paper was up against the wall, right? There's just empty pallets. And the refrigerator section and freezer section at Costco, always packed full of food now. It's empty. Maybe there's one or two items there. It's, it's a new normal. Most of us are, are working from our homes. And, and for those of us who aren't, we still need to commute downtown. Well, the ride's really simple. There's really not much traffic at all. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, only a few of us were homeschoolers and now we're all homeschooling our children. There are no play dates. There's no live entertainment. There's no sports. Uh, If we want to go out to eat, we kind of do like what my family did last night. We get in the car and and we drive and and we go and we go through the drive-through and pick up the food and come back home. It's into this mix and this mess of life that we're in that we continue our study today of the New Testament book of 1 Peter under the theme, The Way of the Exiles. I, I want you to know there's no way that the creative team, when we were developing this series, that we thought that we would be worshiping together from a distance. Now, as we look at these words today, what we're going to do is is what we've done in the past. We're going to look at Peter's words and see how it applies to the people of his day, and then look at those same words and see how they apply to us today. So as we we jump into 1 Peter, keep in mind that his original uh, listeners to his words, they were in exile. The Roman Emperor Nero had deported them, and they were now living in Turkey, a different land under uh, a different culture. Now, Nero had a kingdom of power and prestige, and it was also a kingdom of peace, okay? But it was maybe a little bit different peace than what you and I think of, because for Nero, peace meant if, if you acted up, that's fine, but then you're eliminated right there, literally eliminated. So there was always peace. Contrast that with the kingdom of Jesus. Also a a kingdom of peace, but a kingdom of peace based on the self-sacrifice and love of Jesus, okay? And so these original hearers, there was this conflict going on in their lives. They they were living in circumstances they had no control over. Their sensibilities were put into like a, a spin cycle. I'm wondering... Can you relate? Now, as we jump into this section again of First Peter, uh, Peter's talking to three different groups that we're gonna look at today. Citizens, slaves, and wives. And they're all asking the same question, right? They're asking, how do we live well under the rules of the game we didn't choose but cannot change? How do we live well under the rules of the game we didn't choose, but we can't change. And so as as we're going through these sections, just kind of picture the citizens, that group meeting in a Zoom meeting, okay? And, And what they're talking about is how do we deal with this emperor who blames us for everything wrong, even though we've done none of that? Imagine the slaves getting together on Slack and and they're talking back and forth, messaging back and forth. What do we do with our masters who are just ruthless? And then picture the wives. They're messaging back and forth in their private Facebook group asking, what do we do with our unconverted husbands? They have the power of life and death over us. They can kick us out at any time. What do we do? make no mistake about it, for these original readers and, and listeners to these words, this was a super, super heavy time, okay? So let's look at that first group, the, the citizens, okay? Now, these citizens, keep in mind, they're, they're under Nero, and Nero didn't like Christians, okay? And in fact, that's, that's way too nice. Nero hated Christians. He detested Christians. Nero set a, a fire and used the Christians as a scapegoat, blamed the fire on them. And so all the people were persecuting the Christians. Nero made up an entertainment district. And part of that entertainment district was a chariot race course. And he would invite friends and dignitaries over to watch the chariot races. And these races would go deep into the night. But how did everybody see those chariot races at night? There was no electricity. Well, they saw the races this way. You see, Nero had Christians dipped in tar... Fixed up, set up, hung up on poles, and then he lit them on fire all the way around the course. And so Christians were really, literally burned to death as they were lighting these chariot race courses. Okay, so that's the background, and that's the setting to which Peter speaks these words. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority... Honor the emperor. So, what were the Christians supposed to do in that persecuting, fire setting, murderous scenario? Peter says, submit, honor, obey, respect, and do good. And doing good in this scene meant, if you had financial resources, that you were to help build up the infrastructure of the city. To to build highways, to build buildings, to build zoos, museums, pools, all of that stuff. Really? (laughs) Under that government? Really? Why? Peter says, because remember, your citizens... Of the kingdom of Jesus, citizens of the kingdom of peace based on self-sacrifice and love. And when you live like this, what you will do when you live loving self-sacrificial lives, you will silence the ignorant talk of, of foolish people. When you live like this, the, the other people who aren't Christians, uh, they're going to go home and they're going to be amazed at your kindness in the middle of persecution, you yeah. know? If you live like this, Peter says, you know, the people are gonna go home and they're just gonna be so thankful that you Christians are a part of the community. Peter says, in the, in the middle of all this suffering, live lives of self-sacrifice and love. You know, it's not a lot different than what Jeremiah told the people of his day about six, seven hundred years before this. They were in exile too. And basically, what Jeremiah said was take up roots, build your families, live in homes, help the city flourish. Friends, it's the same for you and me today. As, as we live in, in our day and age, Peter is, is telling you and me through God, you know, uh, be a part of your community. Join the civic organizations. Help them out, support them. Don't set up an us versus them scenario. Be children of God in the middle of whatever you're in the middle of. So no matter what's going on, be children of God in the middle of whatever you're in the middle of. And now let's go to the the second group, slaves. And it says, slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing good and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. Now, if you're not a, an African American, you and I uh, can't understand uh, the, the hurt, the, the frustration, uh, the bewilderment as I went over those words. Uh, but I want you to know that, that no matter who you are, uh, I want you to know that this setting was situational and temporal, that through these words, God is not giving permission for slavery at all. He's just saying there is slavery. And so to the slaves, this is how you cope in the middle of this time. And then secondly, what's really important, too, for us to keep in mind is that this Roman slavery is far different than the ugly American slavery uh, from our history. Completely different, okay? The the Roman slaves, uh, a lot of them were really well-educated, a lot brighter than their master's. Okay, uh, the slaves could own property. They could marry who they wanted. They could even buy their freedom. You see, this, this Roman slavery uh, wasn't based on race. It was based on like economic conditions or if their country had been overtaken. So slaves back then, what we could say is that they're really kind of like the employees of today. And so Peter says to them, to the slaves, submit yourselves to those who are over you. Uh, Whether they are good or bad, live lives of self-sacrifice and love. Christianity, you see, is not to be a political or economic revolution. It's to be a revolution of self-sacrifice and love for all the people. It's not a lot different than uh, one of Peter's contemporaries, uh, another Christ follower, a guy by the name of Paul. This is what he says. He says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one of you for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And so the same is true for us. When we go to work, maybe we have a, a good boss or, or maybe we don't have a good so good boss, you know. Uh, when we go to work, we get a paycheck and, and someone else signs it. But what God is telling you and me is that when we go to work, we're really not working for our employer. We're really working for him, for God. And so God tells us through these words, when you and I go to work, no matter what, do your absolute best. The third group now is wives. And this is what Peter says Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over with outwards by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. With these words, right, it's, it's kind of like with the previous section on slaves. We can't put our 21st uh, sensibilities and place them back into the first century. It's completely different. For example, marriages back at this time, romance was hardly ever a part of it. Okay, when husbands and wives got married, it was just assumed it was the way it was. It was just normal for the guys to be promiscuous. The wives were just there to bear children. Wives were not to have friends that were not their husbands' friends. Wives were not to have gods that were not their husbands' gods. So that made it really difficult for Christian wives, right? Because they got together with brothers and sisters in Christ, friends, and they worshiped the true God and not an emperor or some statue either. So it was really difficult. For the women at this time, how, how they received their glory, if you will, is they, they made hairdos. They had elaborate hairstyles, okay? And I'd love to show you what that looks like, but, you know, I got nothing, literally nothing, right? And so God says, you know, through Peter, wives, submit yourselves to your husband with an inner beauty, with a tranquil and calm spirit, always loving, no matter what. And perhaps your husbands will be led to believe in Jesus. Okay? So, Peter has these words, right? Uh, Citizens, slaves, and wives. But what if it doesn't work? What if they live lives of self sacrifice and love and and they're still treated poorly and and no one comes to faith and and all that? Peter says if that's the case, suffer well. Suffer well. Don't become bitter. Don't gossip. Don't blast people on social media don't harbor anger, suffer well. And that really brings us to today, doesn't it? We're living at a time under rules of the pandemic that we didn't choose, but we cannot change. It's hurting us and all people, whether we're Christian or, or not. For some of us, we've already lost our job. For some of us, uh, you know, we've, we've hours have been cut back and we don't know what's next. For others of us, we're, we're isolated from our family. They can't come see us and we can't go see them. For others of us, we, we can't get the, the staples that we need. What do we do? Suffer well and don't become bitter. But how do we do that? I mean, how do we do that? Here's what's really cool in the text, all right? We have the example of Jesus to follow. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So how do we live? When we're living under circumstances that we didn't choose, but we can't change, we live like Jesus we follow him. You see, Jesus understands. He knows, it's, he knows exactly what it's like to be in exile. Remember, he left heaven and came to earth. He knows what a new normal is, right? Jesus knows what it's like to be in exile. He knows what it's like to be falsely accused when he didn't do anything wrong. Jesus knows what it's like to be in exile, right? He went from perfection to having all this sin placed on him. Jesus knows what it's like. He is the author of life, the giver of life. And yet he had his life taken from him. Friends, we're to be like Jesus, humble ourselves, treat others as being better than ourselves, serve one another, Serve the lowly, the down and out. Serve those who cannot serve us in return. Live lives of self-sacrifice and love. We're citizens of the kingdom of Jesus. The word for example here that we were talking, that we're to follow the example of Jesus, that's the, the original word there is our word that means to trace. Okay, now when I was in grade school and and we went to art class and and things like that and it was time to draw stuff, you know, it was a a struggle for me because I was not a very good artist, all right? And so like when we had to draw people, uh, this would be me, okay? Uh, That's a guy, all right? And uh, that's a girl, okay? And obviously things haven't changed either. I still can't draw, right? Now, I know that some of you are amazing artists, all right? Some of you are amazing artists, but here's the deal. Because of sin, uh, none of us can have a beautiful life without tracing Jesus, okay? And so trace your life over Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us to trace our life over Jesus. And here's the cool thing, all right? Here's the cool thing. When, when we're tracing our life over Jesus, what we're gonna see is that Jesus is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. What we're gonna see when we're, we're tracing our life over Jesus is that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. What we see as, as we're tracing over Jesus' life is that he's working through all things, all things together for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. When we trace our life over Jesus, what we're gonna see is, is all that self-sacrifice and all that love. He was doing that for us, for us. When we trace our life over Jesus, what we see is that he's always in control. Nothing's ever out of his control. And and what we see when we we trace our lives over Jesus is no matter what, sooner or later, sooner or later, we are going to find ourselves at the cross. And as we're tracing over Jesus at the cross, we're going to see that he poured out his blood. He gave up his life for you and me to forgive all of our sins. Uh, And as we trace our life over Jesus, you know what, we're gonna end up at the empty tomb too (laughs) because that's Jesus' victory. And so we can exclaim as well, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we're tracing over Jesus, we see that all of God's promises, all of them are yes in Jesus. And so through Jesus, we have hope, everlasting hope, even hope under pressure. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your kindness and for your goodness, for your love and for your life, for your guidance and for your protection. Jesus At this time, Grab us up in your arms and carry us close to your heart and help us to feel and experience and know that you love us with an everlasting, unconditional love. Jesus, we love you. We pray this in your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast.